0: You're listening to the sermon cast from People's Church of Vancouver, Washington. You're invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10:30 a.m. We're located at 6801 East Mill Plain Boulevard in Vancouver, Washington. For more information, visit us at And Now for this week's sermon. Uh, Philippians chapter 3. I want you to go there. I want to talk to you for a few moments this morning about the supernatural gift of hanging on. And Really want to talk to you about how to hang on when you feel like letting go. Because all of us get to those positions in life, those times in life, those seasons in life, where sometimes you think it's just, it's just easier to let go than to hang on. And I really believe the Lord gave me a message and it's not about it's not about don't quit message that's not about the church but I do believe that the Holy Spirit has a word of encouragement and empowerment for your individual life and in whatever season you are going through of course this church is going through uh, a season of the loss of their of their father in the Lord uh, pastor Larry is the uh, pastor that planted this church I remember when that happened and pastor it so faithfully for all those decades and and the Lord had need of him amen he's in a better place and in some ways I envy that. He's in glory right now and, uh, uh, and, uh, we, we love his memory. But over in Philippians chapter 3 verse 12, I'm gonna have you go there, and this is Paul, and he's talking about himself here, and he said, not that I have already attained or am already perfected. How many, how many still have ways to go? <laughs> uh, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Jesus Christ has also laid hold of me. Uh, One of my lifelong primary goals in ministry has been to enable people to get a hold of and never lose your grip on the reason that Jesus got a hold of you for in the first place. He saved you for a reason. Somebody say amen. And certainly, it's to go to heaven and all of that. But all of us have a destiny, uh, a a job to do, if you will, from Ephesians 4. We read about it uh, today. We all have something that the Lord had in mind and in store for us. You still have the best days of your life are still to come. The best churches are still to be built. The greatest miracles, the greatest revival. They're still uh, uh they're still coming. That's the promise that Jesus said. He said, Greater things you'll than that you will do. And it's one of those verses I've struggled with. He said, Greater things will you do than than I've done. And uh uh we do that through obviously through the touch and anointing of the Holy Spirit. Many years ago uh, I've ridden motorcycles all my life, and I was just uh, getting Susan into uh, doing, uh, you know, we had big bikes and just would tour the country. And uh, my, my favorite vacation is jumping on the big motorcycle and just heading out for two weeks and just uh, doing that. It's a great escape, I guess. But I remember we were coming back from visiting family in, in eastern Washington and riding back through. We lived in Portland or Tigard at that time. And we were coming down um, I 90 from Spokane to Ritzville, and it started raining. And back then, I was younger then, and I've changed. I've matured, I, I, just so you know this. Back then, I was like, well, when it starts raining on your own motorcycle, you obviously just speed up. And uh, uh, and so, I mean, it started raining. We were not, uh, 90. There was nobody there, and I had a, a fairly large motorcycle. And, and so, man, I mean, I just gassed it, and and, and and she was hanging on, and we were getting there, and we got off and finally got down into, into Ritzville and got off, and I said, babe, how you doing? And she looked at me, and she said, I'm hanging on for dear life. <laughs> Well, I want to talk to you this morning about how to hang on and not let go. And there is an amazing uh, process within the Scripture that I think as we look in, you can find, not secrets, but you can find those tips, if you will, those road markers along the way where if you'll discern them and receive them from the Word of God that uh, Paul said, he said, I haven't already attained. I'm not already perfected, but I'm just going to keep on pressing on. I'm not going to turn back now. You've come too far. Just look to your neighbor and say, you've come too far to quit. I mean, it's just, no, there's no going back. We're, we're, uh, we're going ahead. I want you to go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. We're going to uh, go quickly uh, and just get as much as we can out of the word today. But over in 2 Corinthians 1, in verse 3, it reads like this. Once again, Paul ministering to another church in Corinth, and he said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies. How many know him as that? The Father of mercies. And the God of all comfort. There is no comfort that will ever come into your life that doesn't originate with God. However it comes, whoever the vessel may be, all of it, it all comes from God. He's the God of comfort. And uh, uh, as we go on, he said, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are are in any trouble, with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds through Christ. Now if we are afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effective for the enduring the same suffering which we also suffer. For if we are comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation, and our hope for you is steadfast, because we know that as your partakers of the suffering, so also you will partake of the consolation. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, for we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of the trouble. And he goes on and tells them of some distress he had when he was ministering in Asia. Verse 9, yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves. I'll tell you what, Susan and I come here to you this morning, and we've been installed in this place as pastors, and we're humbled by that, uh, greatly humbled by that. But I can tell you right now, there is no trust that we have put in ourselves. It, our full trust and confidence is in him. It's in what God's purpose and what God's uh, plan is for our lives and for your lives as well. Not to trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver us in whom we trust that he will still deliver us. One of God's enduring ministries over your life as a believer is that no matter what thicket or uh, tough spot you find yourself in, God has promised that he'll never leave you. Jesus said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And here in Corinthians, he promised that he'll deliver you as long as you call upon him, uh, he not only saves, of course, but he also affects great deliverance and and working. So there's a couple things that I want to get us to first understand as we look into how to hang on when you feel like letting go. Uh, and, this, it, you know, I like to look at things as supernatural gifts. This is a gift because naturally, uh, many times when it gets really hard, it's easy to let go. And so this is a supernatural work that the Spirit of God does within us. But uh, first, you have to understand the process of what Paul called here the process of tribulation. Tribulation is just translated from a, from a word here that means pressure. Uh, and so he said, you all are going to have pressure in your life. Now, maybe in Vancouver, it's just little pressure. But in Texas, it's big pressure. Everything in Texas is big. I can tell you. There is there. But I don't care where you're at. I don't care if you won the lottery last week. And if you did, come and see me. And uh, uh, I don't care what your circumstances are. You're going to have pressure and what he called it here, tribulation in your life. The enemy is going to try to capitalize on that to say, God isn't for you like you thought he was and all that line of thing. And the primary goal is to get you to just draw back, to quit, to take the easy route out. And so the process of, of pressure, I like to uh, look in verse 3 and 4 where he's talking about comfort. And, and, and I like to call it, it's God's super secret strategy for surviving. Comfort in what it is, because it's more than a Hallmark card. It's more than kind sentiments from a friend or from a loved one or even from your spouse or even from your, your kids or those most close confident. It, comfort is more than just uh, an emotional repose to give you some sense of, okay, I'm going to make it. You know, you're going to make it. Just don't quit. Uh, another thing that I found through life, you win if you just don't quit. You just you just keep hanging in there and in the, in the ways of God it is absolutely true and imperative in um, uh, in verse 4 he said here that God who comforts us in all our tribulation he's not just there for the little ones he's there for the big ones guess what this church is going through a big one it's going through a big one but we have the promise that he said he's going to be here in the middle of it his promise is I'm not just going to be there in the little things I'm going to be there no matter what it is and so this tribulation this pressure anything that burdens the spirit is what it literally means what that word literally translates uh, out as anything that that burdens the the spirit uh, as you continue on in, in verse four it says that he's there that he may be comfort you who are in any trouble with the comfort. With which we ourselves are comforted by God. Paul knew what, what it was, and the amazing thing about it is, like I said, it's not a—it's not just kind words. It's not a sentiment. It's not even prayer. And prayer is big for Susan and I. Um, it's one of the. Primary things in our vision and in our heart is uh, Jesus said, "My house will be called a house of prayer," uh, but it's not even prayer. It actually, this word translates out uh, from a, a Greek word, parakletos, and you would probably know it as uh, the Paraclete. Who's the Paraclete in the Scripture? Over over in Acts chapter two, the Paraclete is the Holy Spirit. He's the Comforter. He 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 is the one that comes alongside. So what Paul's introducing here and bringing and really expounding on is that this comfort he's talking about is not in one another, but it's in a person, the Holy Spirit. And whenever you get into those situations, that he said, we all have them. We're all going to go through them. God's comfort is not just give, giving you a tap on the shoulder saying, you're going to make it, son. You're going to make it, daughter. He's so much more complete in that. He sends to you the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit himself. And he comes alongside. He dwells inside. He is that river of living water. And now in your heartbreak and in your turmoil and your, what do I do next? The Holy Spirit is there, and he just likes to saddle up real close. I'll just tell you that. The harder the thing it is you're going through, and you know, I—it's not that I wish it wasn't that way, but I proved it that way. The deeper the valley, sometimes the closer the intimacy. Have you found that to be true? The deeper the heartache and the heartbreak, all oh, we've all had them, and we'll probably all continue to have some in the future. But uh, here, Paul is saying, whenever it is bad, whenever we were in Asia and we just, we despaired just even of our life, God, the Comforter, sent the Comforter. He sent the person of the Holy Spirit, the Paracletos, the one summoned, the one called to one's side, the one called to one's aid. How many need aid this morning? Praise God. That's, that's actually a position of strength. When I'm weak, he said, that's when I'm strong. Why? Not because he, he was weak and he was strength, strong in weakness. No, in his weakest moments, that in, that's when we're most desperately calling upon the one and the only one who can strengthen us in the middle of it. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ too turn to your neighbor, you know it, strengthens me. He's going to strengthen you this morning. He's strengthening this church this morning. He's strengthening the body of Christ this morning. The paracletos, the one summoned. He, the Father, sends him to you. And so I want to talk to you just uh, for a few more moments about this intercessory meter, this, this mediator of, of the advocate, the giver of strength in the person of the Holy Spirit. He's not a card, he's not a sentiment, he's a person. He's there and he dwells inside of you. The most amazing miracle that we can think of. I want you to turn over and, and we're going to begin to wind this thing down here over in John chapter 14. John chapter 14. I want to go there. This will be familiar to so many of you. But um, Jesus <clears throat> begins to describe and explain and teach his disciples about what Paul's talking about in Corinthians. Verse 25 of John 14. These things I've spoken to you while I'm present with you but the helper. And then just so they knew he was ta- who he was talking about, in your Bible as in mine, there's a comma there, and then he said, but the helper, comma, the Holy Spirit. Just so you know, the helper is a person, the Holy Spirit, and this is what Jesus said about him. The helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. Wow. Thank you, God. He'll teach you all things. He'll bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. Thank God. That he gave us his peace. And he said, I don't give it to you as the world. Uh, I give it to you so that your heart may not be troubled. And neither let it be afraid. I want to encourage you this morning. I don't care where you are at emotionally. Or, or the rawness that might be in your life. Um, and, and even maybe even in this church. Let your heart not be troubled. Don't be afraid. The Father is sending the Holy Spirit. The days ahead are going to be spirit filled days. The days ahead are going to be, I'm believing for, days of tremendous sense of the presence of God within this house. Not only do we need it. Vancouver needs it. This neighborhood needs it. This community needs it. They need to be able to come and have a sense that God is real and He's there and He loves me. Jesus said three times that help is on the way. I'm going to send Him. He will come. Then another time He said the Father will send. And so I want to give you a couple little ideas. What happens when He, the Holy Spirit, what happens when the Holy Spirit comes to you is how your grip is secured and strengthened. That's what gives you the grip to hang on. It's not just the fear of being blown off a motorcycle in the rain. I mean, that'll make you hang on too, but this is so much greater that whenever it feels like everything is sinking sand there in the middle, he'll strengthen your grip. So God, I'm I'm going to hang on and I'm never, ever, I know you're never going to let me, go of me, but God, as you help me, I'm never going to let go of you. Three things. What happens when he comes to, seg- to secure your grip? Well, John 14, 26, he said two things. He said, uh, he said he's going, he's going to send them. The Father's going to send him, He's going to teach you, and he's going to bring to remembrance. So two things that happens. He, the Holy Spirit, will teach you of what Jesus said. Now, I love preaching, and you know uh, we, we, we look forward to that and teaching and all of those things. But really, it's the Holy Spirit that teaches us on the inside and imprints. He inscribes the Word of God on our hearts, in our minds. It's the job of the Holy Spirit. He'll teach us all things. That's one of the things He does. And then the Holy Spirit's teaching you. How many times maybe in early, early in the morning when you're doing your devotions and you're just reading the Word and all of a sudden it just jumps out. and You go, oh, I needed that. He's teaching you. The comforter's there. He said, you need this for today. I've had several of them happen on my way here. Oh and I just thank you Jesus so one of the things he'll do is he'll teach you what Jesus said the next thing that he said is that he will cause you to remember what Jesus said yeah you read the word you get in you find out you know about Jesus life but sometimes he will activate your memory this is what Jesus said and as I quote a little earlier jesus said he'll never leave me nor forsake me and there's just you know the little refrigerator door magnet things the the, the scribbles you put in your Bible remember that write them down put commit them to memory but more than just committing them to memory the greatest thing I I think, is that, yeah, you've got them in your heart. You've hidden them there. But then at just the right moment, the Holy Spirit says, remember that. And it comes. What happens? Comfort. What happens? It's going to be okay. What happens? God, you're near me. The second thing that uh, takes place is over in John chapter 15, verse 26. I want you to turn there real real quick. And he said, uh, Jesus speaking in it. But he said, but when the helper comes, but when the comfort comes who I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth proceeds from the Father. He said, he'll testify. He will testify of me. The Holy, uh, the Holy Spirit will come and he'll testify to you of what Jesus does. That's what Paul was talking about back in Philippians 3 when he said that I will never lose hold of what you took hold of my life for. He will bring and, and let you know this is what Jesus does. He set you free. He'll set you free from addiction. He'll set you free from the old carnal nature. He'll set you free. He'll do all of those things that Jesus does in the Holy Spirit. That is what he does. He lifts up Jesus and he will testify to you. This is what Jesus does. And he's a, he's a, he's got the PhD of heaven. He's the expert when it comes to your situation. Ha ha. Oh, he specializes in that right there. And you fill in the blanks. He'll testify to you. This is what Jesus does. Oh, thank God. Do more. Um, I loved a couple of the worship uh, choruses today. They, they, they kind of focused on, on that word more. I, you know, it's taken me years and many years of studying all this stuff and fasting and climbing the mountain to get this, to get this most incredible concept of, of how to move ahead in God. And it's this, more Lord. That's it. More Lord. I need more. Whatever you're given, I need more. Whatever you got, I double it, Lord. I'm like the one prophet to the, the young guy to the old one, and he said, I just want double what you got. How many are in that spot? I need more within my life. Well, the Holy Spirit will testify to you what that is over in John 16, eight. I want you to go there. There's a couple amazing things here that Jesus is talking about, about this Holy Spirit. When he comes of how he will strengthen your grip. And when he has come 16, eight and John, and when he has come, he does a couple things. He'll convict the world of sin. Now, sometimes the church doesn't like to deal with that much, but this isn't the church's job. The Holy Spirit does that. There was a time in your life when he did it in you. Thank God you said, forgive me, Lord. I come. And so he, Jesus said, when he comes, when I send him, he's going to do a couple things. He's going to convict the world. You know what America needs? It needs a lot of help. It needs a lot of change. It needs a lot of prayer. But America needs a wave of conviction to sweep over our nation to where people that don't know God will cry out to not just go to church, but cry out unto the only one who can bring help and comfort to them. That's the only thing that's going to turn our nation. Well, there we went and said it. So uh, 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 that conviction that he said he will bring. Now, uh, the next thing is that he said, in the King James, that word convict is "reprove," But um, he said he'll convict the world of sin and of righteousness and judgment. He convicts the sinner, but he convinces the believer. How many times have you been convinced God is able? Maybe some of you need some convincing today. I don't know about this weird guy. They sent him from Texas. Well, God is able. I mean, he's not going to convince you about me and anything, but he's going to convince you that it's his church, and he's going to build it. <laughs> ha Thank you, Lord. Oh, Lord. just He convicts the sinner. He convinces the believer. I'm here. One of my jobs is, is to just convince you that every word in this book is true, that what was happening in the book of Acts still should be happening today. That was happening we read it, when we read those things about uh, those apostles and an early church. Uh, that's what the church was born in, and it didn't stop along the way. It's still here today. Sometimes you need convincing of that. God, I need that miracle within my life. Now, I'm going to close with this. I want you to go over, and, uh, Mike's. thanks so much for getting those scriptures up there. Uh, over to Ezekiel. Over in Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 14 and 15. The prophet Ezekiel, one of the major prophets of the Old Testament. Uh, the church was a mess. The people of God were in a mess in the first part of Ezekiel here. And Ezekiel was the prophet, and the Spirit of God came to Ezekiel and began to minister to him. Maybe in your spare time, read the rest of the chapter 3, but I'm going to just jump in here in verse 14. And what he was telling Ezekiel in the, in the earlier portions of this chapter is, he said, Ezekiel, I'm not sending you to a people that have strange language and have strange ways and that are difficult to understand. He said, if I was sending you to them and with this message, he said, they would repent. This was not a very good indictment for Israel right at this point, but it gets better. But he said, I'm sending you to a people whose language you know, whose ways you're familiar with. And then he said, in essence, he said, you know them, Ezekiel. I'm sending you to them. Because they're hard-hearted. Their faces like flint to the things of God. But God loves them. God cares for them. And so he said, Son of Man, verse 10, he said, receive into your heart all my words. If there's, I'm not trying to preach some message for so you get a point. But what I am saying to you today is that from the Word of God, receive with all your heart the Word of God today. It's the, it's the strength and the hope of your life and the strength and the hope of our future. God's heart was to uh, lead them out of their captivity and they said in verse 12, the Spirit of the Lord lifted him, Ezekiel, up. And he heard this heavenly sound, blessed be the, the, is the glory of the Lord from his place. Verse 14, now we're going to pick it up. So the Spirit lifted me up. Can I just stop there? We've been talking about the Holy Spirit and what he does. One of the other things that the Holy Spirit does so wonderfully, and you find in both Old and New Testaments, is he comes down and those that are downtrodden, he lifts up. Those that are broken, he lifts up. It said about Jesus when he read out of Isaiah, he said, I've come to set the captive free and heal the brokenhearted." The Holy Spirit is the one he comes. I don't care what your brokenness is today. All counseling is good and all of that and everything, but, but it's going to be only one thing that really lifts you out of that. It's going to be the Holy Spirit. It's going to be only one thing that brings healing into your heart. And he said, so son of man, or, and so verse 14 he said, the spirit lifted me up and he took me away Ha-ha. and I went in bitterness. That literally means he said, I was angry. He didn't like what was going on in his, in his world and his day. He didn't like what his, what his people were doing. And, and I'm not even referring that to the, to the church or the bride of Christ here. I'm just, he was just, he, his day politically was just like our day. The nation was a mess. And it impacted him. And it, and it broke his heart. And he said, uh, the answer came when the Spirit lifted me up. And I went and I had this bitterness inside of me. And in the heat of my spirit. But then there's this conjunctive word. But in the middle of all that, But the hand of the Lord was strong upon me. I can tell you sincerely as much as anything that I can share my heart with this morning. I long and cry out for, for this house and for our lives, for your lives, that the hand of the Lord would be strong upon us. That's what we need. We need the hand of God to be strong upon us. Now listen to this. Then verse 15. I came to the captives at Tel-Abib, who dwelt by the river Shabar. That was his own people. And I love this part. And he said, I sat where they sat, and I remained there astonished among them seven days. I went and I sat down in the middle of captive people. And I was astonished. What he was saying is, I couldn't believe how broken and how hurting. And really, it was God dealing with the anger in his heart to break him to the point where he would see the mercy of the father's heart for them. He said, I sat where they sat. I want us to stand this morning. How many would say with me today? Pastor, I'm a candidate. I want the hand of the Lord to be strong upon me. I'm a candidate today, Pastor. I want the hand of the Lord to be strong upon me. I want more. I want to go into, I want to go in where, you know, I get, uh, you know, where I get uh, that, that anointing so strong that I pray that very complicated prayer, more Lord. Lord, I need more of you in my life. I need more of you in my circumstances, in my family. I need more of you in my church. This is a wonderful church, a powerful church. I can feel it here today. It's got deep roots. It's powerful. It's wonderful. But uh, it doesn't matter where you're at. God, we need more. We need more. I love this worship this morning. I want more. <laughs> I know we got another church coming in because it was my way. to say, man, get the band back up here and let's just have some more of that. What I want us to do, and I, I don't know very many of you at all, but it seems to me that you're all pretty familiar and you know each other. So reach across the aisle reach across and take somebody's hand. We're going to pray and we're going to believe God for not only you, but I want you to pray and believe God for that one that's standing on your right and your left. I'm going I'm to deputize you this morning to be an intercessor, okay? I'm going to pin a Holy Ghost badge on you. You have the authority to pray for that one on your right and that one on your left and release the blessing and the favor of God upon their lives. And this is what I want us to pray for. God, uh, we know the world we live in is a mess, but, Lord, in all of that, we need the hand of the Lord to be strong upon we pray right now for that, pray for that one on your right. We just pray right now for the one on our right. God, we pray that whatever your Holy Spirit needs to work out in their lives, that your hand will be strong upon them. That God, from this moment forward, for the rest of the day, they will sense a lingering, uh, uh, just abiding presence of the Lord being upon their lives. Lord, you're going to release answers to them. You're going to lift them up out of, if they're in despair, or if they're in worry, or if they're in sickness or pain, God, you're going to lift them up. If that, if, if anybody needs physical healing right now, just receive it into your body. Lord, just come and let the strong hand of the Lord be upon this house today. Now, pray for the one on your left. Lord, I just release right now the anointing of heaven for that one standing on the left of me. And I pray, God, that your presence, that the God of all comfort would send the paraclete and he would come alongside of them and get right up in the middle of them. And that, Lord, you would bring a comfort. You would bring assistance. You would bring help, oh God. Maybe just in the nick of time, but your help would be there and it would be just perfect and it would be more than enough in Jesus' name. Now I want you to just stretch your hands out over this city, just to the, to that wall, to that wall, to the front. Let's say, Lord, just bless Vancouver. Bless this region. Lord, we pray that you would release a strong anointing of the hand of God upon this region, Lord. We pray for revival. We call in the lost from the north, south, east and west, oh God. We pray, oh Lord, bring in the hurting, bring in the sick, bring in the sinners, God. Bring in those that need Jesus. He's the only thing, the only answer that will make a difference in their lives. Lord, we release that upon our region, and upon our city. And Jesus, we're going to love you to our last breath that we breathe on this earth. It will be giving glory and praise to you. And everybody that loves the Lord, let's put our hands together and say, thank you, Jesus. Send more of heaven within this place. <laughs> ha ha! Thank you, Lord. What a wonderful time we've had, and I look forward to getting to know each and every one of you. Susan I will be in the back. Uh, Pastor Ed, is this, is this it? We're done? My pastor, Mike, we get, we need, you need to say anything. We're all good. We got the offering taken. All right. Yeah, we're good. Okay. (laughs) God bless you all. Have a wonderful day. Susan, I'll be in the back. Please stop by and shake our hands. We love you.